Hello and welcome to the Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry. Thanks so much for joining me once again. We took a little diversion into the MCU last week, but we're back on Netflix this time around because adverts are finally coming to Netflix. We've talked about it for a long time, but as of November the 3rd, you will be able to take out a plan called Basic with Adverts in uh, 12 countries. I personally think Basic with Adverts sounds like a kind of Bravo reality TV show or something. But anyway, um, there's lots of questions about it. I have a lot of questions about it and I have the perfect guest to answer them all. I have Catherine Perloff from Adweek. She's the platform's reporter there and has done a lot of sterling work getting stuck into the weeds of this stuff. Thank you for joining me, Catherine. Nice to be here. Um, welcome. I'm no, I'm, re- I'm so I'm like, do I have the do I have the authority to say welcome? <laughs> I feel listen, you are in New York. I feel welcomed to New York by you. So oh, of course. <laughs> exactly. So the US where you are, the UK where I am, are amongst the 12 countries. Uh Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Mexico, and Spain are also going to get this advert tier. Um here in the UK, it's going to cost £4.99 sterling. Over in the US, it's going to cost $6.99. So it's quite significantly cheaper than your normal Netflix plan. That's the first thing to know, isn't it, Catherine? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're kind of, it's kind of a quick rollout. Um, it was only like a couple of months ago where they even announced this. Um, so they have to incentivize people to be on the platform. So, you know, ad buyers have the eyeball eyeballs they're they're paying for so yeah yes. it, is, it is it is a bit cheaper but definitely a quick rollout and when we were reporting my colleague bill and i were reporting on this uh in september um marketers were worried at the time that like that it hadn't been marketed yet um and you know like how do we know anyone's going to be there once you know we've paid for these ads but um now that's i think that's i think that's starting um and you know i think that you know, often like you can do a quick rollout with these things and people will jump on board, you know, to save a couple bucks, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and in this case, it's actually more than a, a couple of bucks. I know I pay, it's about, I mean, it's about fifteen ninety nine. I think I pay for my Netflix. It's not the lowest tier, but it's the tier that lets me watch in HD or 4K, actually, it lets me watch in UHD in multi- on, on multiple devices and I know lots of people that's the kind of plan they go for it will be very interesting from the consumer side particularly as we know lots of people you know both sides of the Atlantic are really counting the pennies or cents at the moment um how tempting this is because one of the reasons as I understand it Netflix is rolling out this is to stop the loss of potential of existing customers Right, right. I mean, it's both, it's, you know, they're, they're sort of, it seems like they've kind of hit a ceiling a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of how many subscribers they can have. So this both offers an opportunity for them to grow subscribers by drawing them in at a lower cost, and then opens up obviously a new spigot of revenue that isn't subscriptions with the advertising. Yeah. So it's kind of a double whammy for them. Exactly, which obviously their shareholders and investors will be interested in, but you know, when we've seen uh, the results actually they lost they did a bit better the results the last quarter we actually started mm-hmm. to see people coming back to Netflix but of course as well as having people there what they want to do is maximize the amount of revenue they're getting and so obviously if they charge and your reporting indicated they were charging quite a, a high number you know quite expensive adverts they were 
expecting to sell. I think you reported $65 CPM, which is of its cost per thousand eyeballs. So, you know, a, a significant uh, amount of money they're expecting from marketers. Um, so it's yeah. going to be very interesting. Uh, just from the consumer side, again, for those worrying, their favorite Netflix show is going to be dominated by adverts. Uh, it's going to be an average of four to five minutes of adverts an hour. And there's going to be a limited number of films and TV series that won't be available due to licensing restrictions. Uh, if you take out this basic advertising plan, you'll have no ability to download shows. And as I understand it, they're not going to interrupt movies with adverts. You'll see pre-roll and post-roll, but you won't have like a very dramatic moment in a two-hour movie interrupted by adverts right that's what yeah the pre-roll i believe that is might just be the only one in movies i don't think like all the details are exactly ironed out like we were kind of mm. our reporting on this is like there's lots of preliminary talks in you know september so exactly what consumers might see is could be a little different you know it's still being ironed out but i think the details the preliminary details are right like not it's a low ad load for sure it's the same approach disney plus it's taking with yep. their ad tier um essentially just like you know keeping it um right four minutes you know which is definitely less than linear tv i don't have the stat on hand but that quite quite a bit more um so yeah netflix has been known for having a great user experience and they don't want to ruin that that's the risk of course <laughs> yes i mean obviously as someone who who show welcomes advertisers and adverts i would argue that adverts do not uh you know particularly ruin a show but you have to do them delicately that you know in the world of podcasting adverts work in large part when they're host read and you know as a method of engagement you're obviously not going to have that in a netflix show but it, it makes it more like traditional linear tv where over years we've all got used to it um, you know, Netflix kind of broke that mold by saying we don't do ads. This is different from linear TV. Yeah, you might pay a bit more, but we're not going to do ads. How then are, you know, you speak to lots of media buyers. You speak to lots of people who represent brands. How are those kind of people where you are responding to this? Are they excited about being able to put their brand onto Netflix? Are they worried that it's going to be in a controversial show? How How are they feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I think Netflix with ads, very exciting for the advertising industry, because there's sort of been a dearth of good inventory on connected TV. Wow. Connected TV sort of marries the best of both worlds for advertisers. You have... Um, the TV ads, which is kind of the bread and butter of advertising, mm -hmm. it, they're more likely to sort of suck people in than display ads. At least the thought is that because they can be more creative, more captivating. But then you have all the data um, of programmatic, though we can talk more about this, but Netflix is not going to give up as much data as maybe some other streamers will or other. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a very exciting opportunity. Um for advertisers, there is a lot of challenges with the kind of connected TV ad buying landscape right now. Um, and I think they're interested to see, you know, it is premium inventory. It's, an, it's a massive audience, much bigger than a lot of other streamers. But I think, and they think they're interested to see sort of how Netflix will solve some of um, the issues with ad buying on connected TV, given that it's sort of a new chunk of media for mm. advertisers to be in it's still relatively untested in a lot of ways yes netflix to the rescue i feel like we've heard that before somewhere. <laughs> yeah uh i should also know actually when i was talking about some of the restrictions it's 
actually going to be 720p HD, not so you're not going to get that 4K option on the basic. But that kind of makes sense. But I suspect the people that want to save the money, that's not the type of thing that's going to put people off generally. So I guess for from a media buyer's point of view, they don't feel like they're buying into a lesser product. They feel like they're buying into Netflix and the huge inventory of shows that it has. No, I don't think, I mean, because like you have to think like, you know, there were like, you know, before this, like there really wasn't anything of Netflix's caliber or like with its audience size available to marketers. I think Netflix has like what around um, 220 million logged in users. That's huge, Uh, much bigger than other streamers. Um, And although Disney Disney Plus, I'll use it, has the same number, although all the data suggests Netflix makes more per user. And obviously the, the hope with the advertising is they're going to keep making more per user, right? Even if someone, a user is taking out an ad, a lower tier, they're still going to bring in more money for Netflix. Yeah. Um, I think, yes, I think that, I mean, it's all part of the calculus, right? Mm-hmm. Though, Cause if like, you know, um, it, you know, it's kind of weighing, right? Like how much they can make from, you know, you have too many, if they're, it, that's just like the whole subscription economics thing that we, you know, I, you know, I'm sure you'd look at with publishers all yeah. the time, you know, how much can you make on someone versus on advertising versus um, getting them to be a paid subscriber. And there's, you know, it's just, it's kind of working out the math there. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I guess we'll have, we'll have to see kind of how that shakes out and how big that ad tier ends up actually being. It's going to be really interesting because, of course, as well as retaining uh, existing customers who might have been tempted to get rid of Netflix, if there's, you know, not a show they want to watch for a while, there's no Stranger Things or, you know, things like that at the moment, and they might want to cancel their Netflix for a few months, they might go, oh, do you know what, for $4.99, $6.99, it's worth keeping. There's that element to it. But of course, they also want to attract people who have never bothered taking it out before. There's the whole issue of trying to stop people password sharing and all that kind of thing. And again, they're hoping that will just bring in more people, aren't they? That having this uh, advertising tier will help keep those people in Netflix and bring people into Netflix, new people. Yeah, yeah, I think. And I think the other thing is Netflix has a more global um, footprint than a lot of other, you know, streamers. Um, So they're, you know, they already have a foothold. And in other countries, you know, having this ad tier that's a little less expensive, definitely attractive to sort of growing their, their base. And, you know, obviously advertisers would like more people as well so no it's that i mean i think that we had some estimates that um there have been different estimates i uh i think maybe the wall street journal had that um they were forecast netflix was forecasting 4.4 million ad supported subscribers by the end of 2022 um our sources said 426,000 unique subscribers um a big divergence in those numbers uh for november 1st so november so basically supposed to get like when it launched, you know, November 1st, a little less than half a million. And then allegedly by the, um, in a couple, a couple months later, already to 4.4 uh, 4 million. Um, 
So, and then they're expecting 13 million by uh, Q3 2023. So those were some numbers in that we had in our article from September. I don't know if they've updated those forecasts. I don't that you know I'm not saying those are definitive. No, but these, you know these things are not, a rather yeah. movable object, aren't they? As we've learned over the last few. Oh, months. of course. And also, you know, when you think about like all the users, like you know, a billion monthly um, active users on TikTok, even more on YouTube and. Um, and meta so you know it's 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 an interesting opportunity for advertisers to to weigh it's not the only media source of course yes that that's a very interesting question now are when you're talking to media buyers who are either being given budgets by brands or their superiors or you know setting the budget themselves are they are they thinking i could put this money into netflix adverts or i could put it into tiktok or are they kind of seeing them still as separate entities? One is TV and one is still social media, if you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because on the one hand, I think like it might not be the same person at a media agency who's dealing with TikTok versus sure, CTV. Sure. At the same time, I think more than ever these days, there's more flexibility in media budgets. Um, Facebook has lost some of its effectiveness for ad buyers. Um, TikTok has grown, the CTV with Netflix's entrance in it, that opportunity has grown. So I think like, and then third-party cookies, which have been sort of the bedrock of digital advertising are going no. away. So we're not doing these, that conversation again. No, we we've don't done have it to too, all of we're, that. We've done it too much. We're not doing it again. No. No, that's kind of, no, of course, but like, you know, these, the kind of, I think for the past decade, it's been kind of like Facebook, Google, maybe some programmatic and that's all shifting. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, and then, you know, and the idea of like linear TV is separate and different from digital is also shifting. So I think there's a lot more flexibility. So while, no, it's probably someone different at a, at a, at a big holding company who's dealing with CTV versus TikTok, like they're becoming more and more in the same conversation with like, you know, because that's what CTV is. It's, it's TV on digital. So it's yeah. hard to kind of separate it all out. Yeah. And I'm thinking there's one other interesting thing, which I know from your reporting, the media buyers were interested in and concerned about was that basically people would see their advert too much and get sick of it and irritated by it. Uh, you know, you and I both had the experience on YouTube where every video you start uh, starts with the same advert. And then you yeah. a couple of videos in, you're really sick of that advert already. Now, Netflix is working quite hard to avoid that, isn't it? It wants to put technology in place to make sure you don't always get served the same ad. Right, right. They actually, they do have frequency capping once per hour or three times per day per household for any particular right. creative. Um, but, you know, if an advertiser has more than one ad running, that could be a little bit more, but definitely, you know, some good capping. The I think the biggest thing they have, though, that other streamers don't necessarily is they are, you can really only buy Netflix via um, one ad tech platform called Xander, right. um, which gets a little in the weeds. But the reason why there is a lot of issues as um, on other streamers with like, I don't know, and, you know, we talked about YouTube, but this is really a big problem on streaming right now. Mm -hmm. Like you see a lot of the same ads all the time, um, even on like big shows, you know, like you'll see the same ads uh, like 
over and over again. And the reason why that is, is because there's a lot of different sellers of CTV oh, inventory. Okay. So you can buy it from the streamer directly. You can buy it from someone like Roku or someone like Amazon that kind of bundles a bunch of inventory together. You can buy it from someone like Pluto, which is kind of, you know, so there's lots of different sellers of this inventory. They're not all checking to see who, which ad is with who. And then you end up with a lot of repetition um, because it's not a streamlined process like it is with linear TV. No. Um, it's much more streamlined with linear TV. And Netflix is has the sort of leverage given it's, preeminent place in um yeah given its size given it the eyeballs it tries right, they can yeah. be there the, they can control the selling process so some of those issues that other publishers on tv ctv have not been able to manage as well yeah and, yeah given the size of netflix that makes complete sense and as i understand it and it, you're more expert than i so correct me if i'm wrong but i answered that microsoft was a partner with Netflix on its ad. Yeah, so Xander is owned by Microsoft. It was right. kind of... But then, as, as yeah, you said, it's, it's, no, it's an exclusive partnership, isn't it? That's the key point. Exactly, exactly. So that might change in the future, but right now, the only way to buy Netflix... Um, is either like directly through Netflix or through like you know you call Netflix your that buyer calls Netflix <laughs> or they do it through Microsoft. Microsoft just very fortuitously um, closed a deal buying uh, this ad tech platform Xander. Um, I believe they closed it. I don't know. I think it's I think it was like maybe either the end at the end of last year maybe. Yeah. Um, so they they had the technology well, to be be able to do this which is yeah i mean yeah. from the other side the interesting that this is microsoft's first real move into this space isn't it so it's quite a big test them i actually think microsoft i think i heard this on peter kafka's recode media show that netflix is microsoft is paying netflix to to work on this which is a very interesting dynamic as well so it's a big test for both the companies isn't it if netflix can pull it off and keep enough high tier subscribers whilst making enough from the ad imagery is like quite a tightrope for them to work. And of course, for Microsoft's and the company you're talking about, it's, uh, you know, they want to prove that they can work with big streamers as, because I think it's fair to say more and more streaming companies are going to have to look to ad supported tiers. So exactly, people want to see examples of the technology working. No, it's a huge opportunity for Microsoft. You know, when you talk about the big tech platform advertising giants microsoft isn't always in the conversation it's usually meta or facebook whatever you want to call it um google um i guess you know amazon has is increasingly a big player and microsoft's main foothold in all of this has just been sort of like linkedin and in advertising in general and um they also have bing for some search ads but you know they haven't been a huge player in advertising yeah. and this is sort of a big test for them and probably part of the reason they were an attractive you know made the deal attractive with netflix in the first place is they don't have their a huge ad business as it is that and they don't also have a huge content business like no, no, you no. know some of these other other players do um, which makes it they don't have to worry about competition. No, it's a, and it's a very big entry point for Microsoft. Uh, the, the other thing I think, I guess from your side of things, the media buyers and brands will be concerned with is obviously the kind of shows, movies, acts they might end up being associated with. We know there's been controversial, say, stand up on on Netflix. There's you mm -hmm. know 
can be some pretty gory films that you might not want your ad to start with. There's quite, you know, there can be gory, quite dark TV series on uh, on Netflix that you might not necessarily feel is right for your brand. What have, uh, in your course of your reporting, what have you learned about how that issue is going to be dealt with? Yeah, no, it's a great question because it's the brand safety on connected TV has been historically uh, not great because there isn't a ton of transparency with um, as to where the ads actually appear. You know, with linear TV, you were able to call the network and say, I want to be on this show. That's or not really the case. More important, I don't want to be on this show. Or I don't want to be on this show. There's some, some, you know, it varies from platform to platform, but a lot of, there isn't a t- as much transparency exactly where your ad appears. What Netflix is doing, um, and this is according to a couple of buyers uh, I talked to, it, you know, and it hasn't been totally, it hasn't been confirmed yet. And so these are, these conversations are still in flux, but there's some talk that, if any show or movie has anything that isn't brand safe, and I think it's across a couple of categories like um, nudity, violence, sex, self-harm, and suicide, um, there won't be ads in that, like any of the entire series, any of the episodes, if even one episode has anything like that, which, you know, you can imagine would eliminate a lot of inventory. Right, yeah. Someone else I talked to said that they may end up because you know, it might be a little more precise than that. Yeah. So Being unclear able to pick exactly which path they'll episodes. go. But they, yeah. Yeah, I, it does seem, you know, if Netflix, uh, from Netflix perspective, I guess it wants to show that it can be a brand safe platform. Exactly. But also it needs ads. And if you're eliminating loads of your shows and films, maybe for one scene, maybe for one scene in one episode, that, that you're going to really decrease the amount of ads you can sell, surely. Right. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some sort of like, you know, there's usually brands get some sort of like choice as like how, yeah. how comfortable are you? Um, but it could really limit inventory. And I think the issue here is like there isn't at the moment as good ad technology to sort of cipher through the content and figure out what's good and, you know, what has bad stuff and what's good. So it's like without with the absence of some of that technology, sometimes it's easier to take a more blunt force approach. But that can, yeah, that can limit the inventory um, and that can lead to other issues and yeah, limit the reach. So it's uh, it's a bit of a balancing act. Yeah, and I guess this is a space where actually Disney Plus has a bit of an advantage. You've written and reported on uh, Disney Plus is the kind of ad supported tier there that's included in your work. And again, very similar to Netflix, it sounds like going to be four minutes of ads, you know, 30 second and 15 second spots, very conventional. Uh, but obviously there's much higher brand safety, isn't there? in across the Disney platform. Okay, maybe you don't want your ad in some episodes of Pam and Tommy, but, you know, most of the other stuff, I imagine advertisers are much more comfortable with on Disney+. Plus. Right, right. I mean, you know, I think that Netflix also said it wasn't going to show advertising on kids' programming. Correct. So, um, well, and I think the Disney Plus was, I think Pam and Tommy might be on Hulu. And I, I don't know if Hulu is... Oh, it was Disney Plus here. Yeah, I don't know if Hulu has the same. I mean, right, you might think that, yeah, there, Disney is going to be a place 
that is inherently more brand safe. It's a little bit tough to say because like there's a kind of a slew of inventory. I think Disney Plus is trying to also expand their offerings to be sure. appealing to more people. And then the other thing about it is, is like, you know, marketers don't always love advertising and kids content no matter what because even if their parents are watching with them ultimately like kids can't buy products so uh, yeah you know they don't have credit cards so most of the time they're not so, in the demo yeah it's going to be really fascinating to watch just as someone who's spoken to lots of people in this space has been watching the you know disney plus and netflix build up to the launch of these tiers who do you think is in a better place to make a success of it I know that's a it's a big question, but people are gonna clearly make the comparison, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like as much as we can talk about the problems in the space and like the what's at stakes, really the publishers at this point kind of have a bit of leverage. I think they're both gonna like they're both really poised to do really well with this because there just isn't a ton of connected TV premium inventory that's as premium as Netflix and Disney Plus. I think it's like the longer tail of publishers could maybe get, you know, that that because there hasn't been a ton of inventory, maybe some kind of long tail publishers have been getting some revenue. Maybe they might be more at risk. But I think advertisers have been so interested for so long they're kind of salivating at this opportunity i don't think that we have to really worry about like at this point you know in a couple of years we'll have to see how it goes but at this point you know average just like especially the big brands want to be the first to be in this these huge premium environments with these huge audiences they're happy to do it they're general they want to negotiate price down a little bit but they're kind of happy to be they're happy to pay up but then, you know, it, it'll come in a year or so when they actually get results to see how well this is working and how many people are actually watching their ads where then, you know, it could be a little more. Do you, uh, do you think it really will take a couple of years before we know if this works or not? You think it? we're talking in terms of years as opposed to months to know if this is a success for both the brands and the and the platforms? Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of the early, like, there is a limited inventory on both Disney Plus and Netflix. The people who are the first movers here are bigger brands um, with bigger budgets. Um, so um, who might not be, you know, as performance oriented, not like as, you know, trying to track every eyeball to every purchase. So I think they may have a little bit more like leeway into sort of like a wait and see, like Netflix is such a big opportunity. Let's get, and also, I mean, the other, the other important thing to know is like the whole measurement on CTV is a bit spotty. Um, there's a lot of issues with figuring out with password sharing with just, you know, it being a new media. It's a little hard right now for ad buyers to know exactly how many people are viewing their ads. Um, so it's literally hard to measure right now. Mm. So, um, and I think right now the opportunity seems so enticing on paper that like it will attract a lot of people, um, you know, unless I, it seems kind of like to, from my perspective, Netflix is opportunity to lose at this point, but it's hard to know how things will play out. Of course. It's, I've, from what you're saying, the thing I find really interesting is that this idea that actually for the brands, there's a, a level of novelty in actually just being one of the first adverts on Netflix, which I hadn't really thought of till I read your reporting on it and you were talking about it. But it's an interesting perspective. It's a bit like you want to have a Super Bowl halftime show just to say you've had a Super Bowl halftime show, which, which is yes. an interesting concept. 
It's a bit of a flex, of course. And it's also, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not for all brands. I don't think, you know, different brands care more about this than others. But yeah, and I think they also, there's an idea that if you're an early mover, you may get some sort of advantage, you know, mm-hmm. like you may know how the system works and you may, you know, get some sort of deal with Netflix or be able to test features sooner. I think that like, there's definitely like, media buyers always talk about kind of like first mover advantage. Like they talk about this, like a lot of nascent platforms like Roblox and Discord and Be Real, like all these things that there isn't even really advertised or just, they're just starting to be on Roblox. But these other two don't even have advertising and brands are clamoring to be on there because there are some eyeballs there. Netflix is like, we know that there are eyeballs, there is advertising. So yeah, there, there's definitely advantage of moving first here. Um, even if, quite frankly, the offering Netflix has is not that technologically advanced at this point, but, and it's a little bit, you know, new, a little, a little came to market quickly kind of thing, but it's still an, you know, huge audience has a lot of cultural cachet. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm so grateful you uh, coming in and explaining how it's all going to go at launch. We'll have to get you back when we've seen it, maybe over a couple of months or so we'll get you back to sit when you've been reporting on actually how it's been going. Catherine Pella, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people keep up with you and your work? Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, I do have a Twitter, um, I guess, as as journalists are supposed to. <laughs> um, I'm at Catherine Perlo one um, basically my last name minus the two Fs, or you can just read me on Adweek. Um, yeah, uh, I cover netflix stuff sometimes but also a lot of uh stuff about social and how advertisers are using social and programmatic advertising as well if any of those topics are of interest <laughs> head over to adweek and head over to Catherine's work there i'll make sure to link to it in the show notes i'm at charlotte a henry on twitter and of course if you're listening to this in the substack app well great you found me on substack i hope you're subscribing to the newsletter too if you're listening to it in a normal podcast in your standard podcast app that's wonderful please do follow uh, me over there and uh, share leave reviews it helps other people find the show so i'm very grateful for all the people that uh follow both on substack and in your podcast apps thank you once again Catherine, for joining me and i'll see you all next week 